my dear Lord. See what I did there? Dear Lord. Giannis. Adenakumbo. The Greek Freak. How about the Milwaukee Bucks, baby? Playoff berth officially clinched. Isn't that funny? We can finally say it's clinched. It's like, okay, yeah, we know they're going to the playoffs. Playoff berth officially clinched. And the Milwaukee Bucks, after going to Philadelphia and taking on the 76ers on Tuesday night, they get a win there. Go punk Joel Embiid for Giannis Dendekumbo with the block, right? And then last night, they take down... One of my favorite players of all time, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and the Brooklyn Nets. 120 to 119, it would be Giannis Adendokumbo. This guy. Hi, Milwaukee. I'm Giannis Adendokumbo. Can you say my name? We can. Giannis Adendokumbo, the Greek freak rowdy with a step-back three-pointer to send it into overtime, and also with that step-back three-pointer, surpassing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as Milwaukee's uh, most point getter for the Bucks, and then he would hit two free throws late to seal the 120-119 victory in overtime in FU Bally Sports and FU Sinclair Broadcasting because it was not on your terrible network. It was on national TV. We got to watch it, baby. Yeah, now the Bucks officially sit second in the East, just a half game behind the Miami Heat. How about that, dude? A half game behind the Heatles. No, that was actually the LeBron and company against the Heat, and the Bucks are just... Feeling it. They got the Clippers, what, today? The Mavericks on Sunday at the Pfizer Forum. There's not too many games. Was there seven or six games left? Six games left remaining in the regular season. They got the Bulls, then the Celtics, and the Pistons, and the Cavaliers. And then it's, believe it or not, playoff time. Then we can't crown a champion until, what, June? (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) The season's so long. What a game last night, Rowdy. Damn. Bucks just in general are hot. What? They've won seven out of their last 10. Yep. They've been beating playoff teams like Brooklyn. Uh, also like the Sixers earlier. Mm-hmm. Giannis came up huge again last night. Gigantic, dude. How nice was it, by the way, to have that on national TV? Russell Crowe. Well, was it uh, t- was it TNT or TBS? Why did I forget right now? TNT game? Russell Crowe didn't have to take a night off. How nice was it, Rowdy, to actually watch playoff atmosphere because these two teams could meet in the first round a playoff atmosphere with the Bucks and the Nets and to see Giannis just come up huge yeah obviously it was nice being that it was on national TV mm-hmm. it's two premier teams I mean this was the team Brooklyn that is that Milwaukee maybe doesn't get by if they were 100% healthy last year yeah because remember they, they took it to the limit and Kyrie banged up. thanks to Kevin Durant's extremely large feet he was on the line yep Yep, yep. And the Bucks, uh it was a hell of a battle uh, all the way to Game 7 with the Brooklyn Nets. But this year now, I mean, you look at the Nets, they, um, I, I don't know what, how to get a vibe. They're, now, obviously, Kyrie Irving could not play in the home games until as of, what, last week? So the Nets are 40-37. and 37. They couldn't meet the Bucks for a first-round matchup. Bucks are 48-28. and 28. Bucks are 7-3, and three, like you're talking about, Rowdy, in their last 10, with the Nets being 6-4. and four. But with their new addition of... Was Ben Simmons like the dude stinks? Who cares about Ben Simmons? He was sitting on yeah, the bench. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't, literally doesn't do anything. I love Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant is also the man. But I don't think the Bucks can be stopped with their you know Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and then obviously Giannis Antetokounmpo. Well, it's certain. And you said Brooklyn's forty and thirty-seven, but if you look at them, they're a little weird compared to the rest of the uh, standings in the NBA because they have a losing home record 
because their second best player, Kyrie Irving, was uh, unable to play at home. Yeah. So they're they're a little their record of forty and thirty seven. I don't think really does them justice. Misleading, especially like when your second best player doesn't get to play in half of the games for most of the season. It is a misleading record for sure. Uh, looking at this though, man, God. But the um, Bucks last night they got it done, and they didn't even have Chris Middleton, who got ejected for the game on a pretty weak, weak foul. There was another one uh, the night before. Uh, I think it was the Nuggets dude. I don't know if you saw. It was Lance Stevenson pretended to take an elbow to the face, and they I forget the Nuggets guy's name, but they ejected him out of the game. He never even made contact. Like isn't what it bad? The isn't it bad though? Like. They go to the monitor to review it. He clearly chops down on the guy's arm, and then he, he keeps holding on to the arm so the guy can't f- follow through and score. Yeah. And then he gets thrown out of the game, even after reviewing it. It's like, so dumb. Uh, could you imagine if they had these type of rules in, like, the 80s with the bad boys? I think I think Jordan would have dominated the 80s. There would be no one left on the court, Rowdy. I think they would be, he would have dominated the 80s. At least the late 80s. Yeah, I don't think any, if they have these same fouls they had now, there would be no one left on the court by the end of the game. It would just be Michael Jordan out there doing <laughs> dunks and layups. That would be it. Yeah, but it's so soft in the NBA. Like, they loosen it up a little bit in the playoffs. You though. watch some of those bad boys documentaries from the late 80s where it was like Michael Jordan or Larry Bird versus Detroit, mm-hmm. and they're just hammering guys. They would have looked at Chris Middleton and called him a wussy with the foul that he got thrown out for last night. Yeah, well, or the refs and called him a wussy. Uh, it was it was a nice statement win though for the Bucks. Two, st- I'll say it's two statement back to back wins for the Bucks, both on the road. Uh, both teams, you know, in the playoffs that you probably could be meeting. You got the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Giannis comes up huge with the big block on Joel Embiid, and also just hanging a big hog around Philadelphia. And then last night. Giannis Adenokounmpo, something we've always been kind of like eh, cringing, and he's gotten better at it, his three-point shooting. Giannis drills a three-pointer with a few seconds left to send it into overtime. He then becomes the all-time leading scorer for the Milwaukee Bucks. I'll play that audio momentarily. And then late in the game, uh, seals it kind of for the Bucks in overtime with his free throws. Bucks going. This is Giannis, two-statement games, Bucks two-statement games on the road as we near and enter the playoffs. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, I would I would basically sum up Giannis's game yesterday when you periodically were were looking up and or going from channel to channel. Mm-hmm. Him dunking the basketball, him getting to the free throw line and making his free throws, and then him hitting that huge step back three to tie the game to get it to go to overtime. Yeah, I'm gonna play it for you. Here you go. Take a listen. He has it, and Durant comes out on. Holiday will drive and look for Giannis and out to Covington. To the Kumbo, Clemens on, step back three for the top. Got it! Got it! Giannis ties the game and becomes the Bucks all-time leading scorer on one stroke. Abdul Jabbar. Awesome, dude. You might as well do it in spectacular fashion. Step back three from Giannis. And this the same shot he got on the previous possession, but he was more in rhythm with the big fella, Andre Drummond, trying to guard him on the perimeter. Takes a look at the opposite clock. How much time do I have left? A little right-to-left crossover step back. Cash money rules. (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh, Thanks to the audio from uh, NBA and, 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 and TNT, excuse me, as Giannis who, uh, if you were to guess, or if I were to guess, and someone had to tell me how would Giannis surpass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the Bucks' all-time leading scorer, I would have said with a dunk. 
never in my wildest dreams would I thought Giannis would be a step back three to surpass Abdul Jabbar Rowdy. For me, when I was watching it, it was kind of like the coach going, no, 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 no. Yes. 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Yes. Because he had taken a few uh, threes not too uh, long before that, and they did not go in. But th- but that one was nothing but net. Yeah, that one was money, dude. Uh, with the moment, especially to send it into OT, and just Giannis surpassing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Now he did finish the game with 44 points, uh, 14 to 21 shooting. He was one of four from beyond the arc, and the one I just played, that one counted the most, obviously. Free throws, 15 and 19 for Giannis. The two at the end, two in overtime to help him win that game. Giannis, wow, incredible. The Greek freak, this dude, and I don't even think, I don't even think he's he's peaked yet, Rowdy. Do you think Giannis has peaked yet? I know it's crazy to say, but I don't, I, I mean, we are watching Giannis in his prime, obviously, but I think this prime can go for quite some time for Giannis. Well, like Greg Gard, I've also been a, Strong, not detractor, but tough, tough on Giannis. Tough love. Especially because until late last season, he did not make very uh, many free throws (laughs) at a high clip. Also, he did not shoot many jump shots very well. I think you can say for a matter of fact, from last season to this season, his free throws have been night and day better. Yep. Like just look at last night. He went 15 for 19 from the line. Doesn't take him like 15 seconds to shoot him. I think. If you go back and look at his game logs from last year, for him to go roughly 80% from the line like he did last night, it's not going to be too many games. He did, cl- like last year in the playoffs, he did come in, uh, come up clutch oh, yeah. uh, towards the end of the playoffs shooting free throws. No That's basically that. how they won. Yep. But for him to continue to get better shooting free throws and actually be a guy that can consistently make free throws now, Goodness, yeah. Because you're seeing them, you're seeing them flush dunks left and right. That's no. You're, you're seeing them be one of the top guys when it comes to the MVP race in the last three years. He's also in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year the last few years. Yep. And now he's made free throws. Seriously, if he makes threes now at just a little bit better clip, good luck trying to stop him. Then look out, man. So after the game, I wanted to play this. Uh, no no doubt here who got the game ball at the end of it. Here's uh, Mike Budenholzer, the head coach in the locker room. This year ball is for our man Giannis Antetokounmpo, who just tonight passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the all-time leading scorer. Oh, then Giannis gets the... It wasn't Gatorade, it was ice water. Giannis gets the ice water bath in the locker room afterwards. Yeah, so I, I'm pulling up Giannis's numbers here over the year. He's now shooting 72-plus percent from the line this season. Good for him, dude. Which was a hell of a lot better yeah. than his last couple of years. I know we scoff at that, but other uh, players, but good for Giannis. E- either, e- even his regular season three-point percentage up 1.1% from his career average to 30. Could you imagine, though, if Giannis continues to make free throws at this clip and, say, even raises his three-point percentage to, like, 33? One one for every three. That would be insane. It, it would be the toughest guy in the NBA to stop. There's no doubt. And he still gets crapped on. Still gets crapped on. I saw... Um, 
was it is it Max Kellerman Rowdy? Who is he paired yeah, up with? Yeah, but he's a donkey. Yeah, you know, he's a complete donkey. They, I don't listen. I wouldn't listen to anything Max Kellerman said well, he's unless maybe it was boxing. Well, the only reason I saw this, it came up uh, on my timeline on Twitter, and it was him and whoever he was paired with. I forget who he was with. As a, a, a an NBA player, was it Perkins? Maybe. Um, but they were just disparaging Giannis. They were just crapping all over Giannis and his game. And I'm thinking to myself. You guys get paid big money to talk about this, and you can't recognize the greatness of Giannis Adendakumbo. Something is wrong. Max Kellerman's brain melted a long time ago, but more every time he opens his mouth, he looks at me like, you are a complete moron. Now, dude. you call those two people out. There has been a Giannis hater in the past who actually gave him some love last night on Twitter. Who? And that was Paul Pierce. Oh, really? Yeah, because Paul Pierce, remember, he picks the, he's picked against Milwaukee. All the time. Because, you know, he talks about how Giannis can't shoot or make free throws and, mm-hmm. and kind of maybe talking down a little bit. But he tweeted out last night, the Greek is the MVP and the defensive player of the year. No Speak doubt. on it. Best player in the NBA. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Joel Embiid, Giannis already punked him earlier this week. Last night. You saw Giannis punking Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Well, I think there's another guy that, that has to get a shout-out here for the Bucks winning that game. So we, we said Giannis was money. He was huge in that game. Chris Middleton, obviously, thrown out of the game with quite a bit of time left. Drew Holiday has got to get some love because he absolutely locked down Kyrie Irving the last five minutes of the game in overtime. Kyrie Irving hardly got any shots because yeah. he just didn't get open. And that's what we know about Drew Holiday, right? Rowdy is just locked down crazy good defense. Drew Holiday is such a special, solid player. I mean, obviously Giannis is your horse. And Middleton is, when Middleton shows up, he shows up well if he's on the court not getting, you know, thrown out for soft fouls. Uh, but yeah, Drew Holiday is, that dude's nice. In fact, Drew Holiday was plus nine for his plus minus on the court. Uh, the only one better than him was Giannis Adenakumbo at plus 12. So you look at it and down the stretch and locking up a guy like Kyrie Irving, that's no, that's no you know, easy accomplishment, easy feat that Drew Holiday did. Kyrie Irving is one of the best creators of space in the NBA. Kyrie Irving rules. And Kevin Durant, let's see, Kyrie finished, what, 25 points, 9 and 22 shooting, and KD, 26 points. 10 of 21. A lot of volume. Has this, has this year aged Kyrie Irving a little bit? He's getting a little little pepper in that hair. He is getting some pepper in that hair. I know. Not that old. Um, What is he, like 30? I was going to say maybe 30. 30, 30, 31, something like that. Yeah, Kyrie Irving is, well, Rowdy, I mean, dude, Kyrie Irving rules. That guy's the man. He is, oh, he is 30. March 23rd, 1992, his birthday. All right, we got all kinds of stuff to talk about today. So he just turned 30. Yeah. Happy uh, belated birthday, Kyrie. I'm glad you can uh, finally play in both home and away games. Let's go to the phones quick. Line one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, good morning, Steve. Steve, what's up, dude? Hey, you guys, you're firing me up this morning. I, I love it. Steve, I love how it. awesome was that last night from Giannis? Oh, my God. It- and it's not just last night's game. It's the back-to-back. Yeah. They, go to, they go to Philly in a game that Philly needs to win, and they beat him there. Then they go to the Nets. They they lose Middleton. And how funny was that, that <laughs> Reggie Miller is saying, 
Uh, it's just probably a common fall. Um, maybe it's a flagrant. Maybe it's maybe, case maybe, for flagrant maybe. One. then it gets thrown out. It's so dumb, dude. The NBA, the NBA. I mean, the NBA has gotten really soft on that. And then when I say that, but I see Giannis go out there and just beast out. So it's it's soft in one way, but also they let Giannis go and do his thing. Well, I've I've seen Giannis get taken down to the court without a flagrant <laughs> that's call, true, that's call true. this year. But uh, uh, that being said, how promising is it to have a team? Uh, Peaking, unlike, unlike the, the Packers Brewers or, or, the, or yeah. the Packers, they're peaking going <laughs> in the playoffs. They're turning up. They they turn on the defensive tourniquet. I mean, and Drew Holiday and and Wesley Matthews. I mean, yeah. they just they just clamp down on it. And you know, Matthews um, should get credit. He had that clutch three off that Giannis assist yeah. late in the late in the game too. They're just really playing well as a team. And you got to give some love to Coach. Bud, I mean, Bud yep. took some some crap in the past, but I mean, he he, he is really pulling the pulling the right levers here. Um, I thought with Brooke, Brooks had a lot last night, uh, the second half, and, and it seems like he, you know Bud's making the right the right personnel moves, and even a little little thing like he's he doesn't call the Bucks get the I fully expected a timeout and get the ball in the court yeah. in, the, in the front court. He just gives it to Giannis and says go before the Nets can set their defense. Those are little things, but those are little things that add up to win. Steve, it's uh, it's been so nice, like you said, to see a team all gelling and peaking at the right time. I'll never forget the run when the Bucks obviously won the championship, and every game was either fire or rehire Mike Budenholzer for like every series. Yeah. And another, and another thought I had watching that game, I absolutely hate when you watch like the Kobe Bryant's of the world or like the LeBron James where they got like every single call. Last night, I think Giannis got away with a couple calls, and I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, well, they say they all evens out, but uh, and, and so Rowdy, tell me what the case is for Jokic beating out Giannis. I just don't see it. I don't see it in anything. I know we talked about it before, but what is the case for him be winning MVP over Giannis? I think right now, when you look at Giannis and the fact that his numbers are arguably better than his two MVP seasons. It's probably more or less voter fatigue. Fatigue, yeah. I can kind of get behind that too, Steve. I think it is the fatigue. What's sweet about it is Giannis doesn't appear to give him give a crap about that. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna play some comments coming up from his presser last night, and he's like, "No one will care about me surpassing Kareem. No one will care about this. All they care about is if we win a championship." And he's like, "That's all I care about too." The dude is the most humble. Down to earth, and the story of his rise is just incredible. It's incredible, Steve. And we have him in Milwaukee. And, and compare him to to uh, Mr. MVP Aaron Rodgers, who craps out in the playoffs and, <laughs> yeah. then, and then goes and hides. Um, here's Giannis, puts the team on his back, and uh, brings them through, and they win a championship last incredible. year. Incredible. Had the same thing again. This that you know, we're, we're lucky to have. And he's Rodgers. a guy that like he's a guy that you can. Uh, I know our stories aren't the same like Giannis's, but you can like identify with him. He's just a dude that puts his nose down, goes to work, loves his family, you know, loves Milwaukee, loves Wisconsin, and just wants to you know bring joy to everyone around here. It's incredible. It's awesome. Did, did you hear the arena last night? They were cheering like it was a home game every time Giannis made a move. After last night, when the Greek freak and Rowdy, uh, a couple things here. Uh, number one, what's crazier that? the Bucks were able to draft a once-in-a-generational talent that is Giannis Antetokounmpo or that a once-in-a-generational talent wants to be and stay in Milwaukee? Which, cra- which is crazier? I'd say the stay in Milwaukee just because Same. they've already drafted a generational talent in Kareem. He didn't want to stay. 
and the fact that you could, in theory, go out and sign some of these big-time free agents that you would say are some of the best players in the league, but nobody ever wants to come to Milwaukee. I think it was like a earth-changing event when Greg Monroe, who at the time <laughs> Greg was Monroe. like a prize free agent, was like, I'm coming to Milwaukee. Yeah, he said no to the Knicks. He said no to the Lakers, I do believe. And now, I think he said no to the Celtics. Hindsight 2020, Greg Monroe sucked. Yeah, he was not. Andre Drummond, like, basically, the, when they were playing Greg Monroe and Andre Drummond, Drummond allowed uh, Greg Monroe to kind of sneak by as he kind of shadowed a yeah. lot of his... Um, you would say is lesser attributes, sure. but still it was cool because a lot of people at the time perceived him as being one of the better power forwards on the market. And he's like, I'm, I'm signing with Milwaukee. Yeah. And I'll say this. I agree with you. That is cr- it's cr- crazier that a guy like a once in a generational talent wants to stay in Milwaukee. But now since they have Giannis and he's committed to Milwaukee through this next contract, uh, think about the guys that have taken deals to come here. Brooke Lopez, remember his first year in Milwaukee, yep, yep. took, was it $3.4 million? It was like, not bird rights, but it's one of those yeah, was, weird yeah, NBA yeah. contracts. Mm-hmm. And then Bobby Portis now took a two, two deals he's the man. that were very, very team-friendly and not even close to what he could have got on the market And everyone talks about stay like, in Milwaukee. Like, again, I love it here, man. It's awesome. And then here, what's up? If I were, would you call me crazy on the crazy vibe? Would you call me crazy if I were to tell you before it happened, if I were to tell you that Giannis Adendokounmpo would pass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the all-time scorer by shooting and swishing a three-pointer? In 2013, yes. Well, here's the even story. even even a couple of years ago, I would say uh, passing him. No, just because of the way his career was but going and he'd be ball. there long term. But with a three ball, I'd still would have questioned it. Well, here's what happened. Holiday has it, and Durant comes out on. Holiday will drive and look for Giannis and out to Covington. Out to the Kumbo, Cummins on step back three for the top. He was 0 for 3 from beyond the arc. He hit that 1 for 4, sent it into overtime. Then Giannis will step on the charity stripe at the end in OT and seal it for the Bucks over the Nets. I think actually if you, ask, the road. if you ask me before the turn of the decade of 2020 and you asked me in 2019, yeah, Giannis is going to end up breaking the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, all-time scoring leader for the Bucks in 2022 with a three-pointer. Probably my smart-ass response would be like, why the hell is he taking 10, 10 three-pointers in a game? <laughs> right. So after the game, and, and Nader had called, he's like, oh, you guys got Giannis on? Yeah, this is a presser from last night. I wish he was on. Uh, but this is Giannis Adenokounmpo uh, last night on the passing of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for points in Bucks history. Take a listen to the Greek freak. Did not know um, about it, but it's good. It's good because uh, I'm changing the narrative, you know. I'm not the, I don't want to be the guy only that dunks and runs, you know, I can, you know, make a, a three, but no, but it, it, it doesn't really matter because uh, at the end of the day, you know, if you don't have a, a successful season and uh, if you don't try to keep getting better and staying humble and staying hungry to play all the way until May, June, nobody's going to remember this, you know, so, so I just want us to stay humble. I want myself to stay humble. You know, I feel like the more humble I get and the more hungry I stay, the more things I can accomplish. You know, the more the more art I can create. Uh, playing basketball is like creating art. So, and the more I can 
prolong my my career. So I just got to keep staying humble, keep trying to make my, my teammates great, win games. And uh, good things like tonight going to happen. Unbelievable, dude. Giannis is like, I don't care about this. What I care about is winning championships for Milwaukee, for Wisconsin. When have you ever heard anyone say something like this? For the Bucks? It's incredible that we have a guy like Giannis Ndekumbo. He, I try to find something you don't like about him. You can't do it. It can't be done. And he is a once-in-a-generational talent. This dude should be winning the MVP. The block on Joel Embiid against the 76ers on Tuesday night to seal the victory. Insane. And, and that was a front-runner for the MVP besides the Joker. And then you go look at what happened last night. The dude's punking Kyrie Irving. The dude's punking Kevin Durant. The dude's punking the Nets in Brooklyn. And he's getting it done. Dude, wow. The Greek freak. So, what, around 245 when the announcement was made uh, from Johnny Davis that he is indeed going to the NBA. Um, bum, 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 bum. Literally the worst kept secret, I think, that you could ever have. Yeah. That Johnny Davis was... <laughs> when, he, when it came out that he was going on a show called... NBA Today, I think, okay. In fact, if Johnny Davis was coming back to Wisconsin, I think we would have to question if he got hit in the head really hard. Like, yeah. what? You okay, man? Are you, are you sure that you want to come back? Are you sure that you uh, don't want to go and make millions of dollars in the NBA? Yeah, especially it's real life. When, they're, when you're looking at where you would be projected in those top 10-ish picks. Mm-hmm. Turning down three to ten million dollars a year for three seasons, that'd be pretty tough to do. Uh, yeah, yeah. So let's see here. The latest mock has John, Johnny Davis going to Washington with the ninth pick in the NBA draft. Mm. I will say this though, <laughs> sorry, he has he has been falling down that draft board. It, highest I've seen was at seven a while ago. What's the highest you've seen him at, Rowdy? I thought I saw him at five in January, but. Don't quote me on that. I saw him at seven going to the Knicks. Memory serves me correctly, and I said no one should ever have to go to the New York Knicks. That's just a punishment. That's just that's just. I don't know if millions of dollars can even make you feel good at night. But I, I'd love to be in the position to try that, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I'd love to know. I'd love to know what it feels like to be sitting on a a bank account with flush with cash. Uh, I would definitely give it a try. Yeah, but Johnny Davis, man. Um, Lacrosse product is the third Badgers player since 2000 to leave school early, joining the likes of Devin Harris and Sam Decker. Mm -hmm. Quite the list. Devin Harris and Sam Decker. And those are two wildly different NBA careers. (laughs) Devin Harris obviously had a long tenured career in the NBA and Sam Decker. I guess you would probably consider it more of a cup of coffee. What do you, uh, when I think of Devin Harris NBA, I think of the Mavs, I guess. When yep. I think of Sam Decker in the NBA, I don't think NBA at all. I think of Russia. When I think of Sam Decker in the NBA, I think of Rockets. The Rockets. Turkey. And did he Turkey. have a little bit of a... He was a, spat with J.R. Smith on the Cavaliers, I do believe. He had a day with the Bucks. <laughs> he did. Yeah, he did. You're right. Yeah. Um, no, I think of the Houston Rockets, back injury, and I think he played for the Wizards for a second. Yep. Was that he was, on the Cavs? last... Was that earlier this year when he was with the Wizards? Was he on the Cavs, too, for a quick second? Yeah. I remember him being on the Cavs for very briefly, and J.R. Smith had this like big interview come out. Or not a big interview, but he was like on a podcast or whatever it was. And they asked him who, he, who his least favorite player in the NBA was, I think is what he was asked. And he says, man, I get along with just about everyone. But there was one cat that I didn't care for, Sam Decker. <laughs> so J.R. Smith didn't care for Sam Two Decker. Two seasons in Houston. Uh, a year between 
or a year in LA and then a half a year in LA and a half a year in Cleveland and then Washington and one game in Toronto this season. There you go. Oh, there it is. And now he's, where the hell is he? Is he in Turkey now? Where the hell is he? Uh, He's in Istanbul. Istanbul. The basketball Superliga in Istanbul. Isn't it league? I don't know. I have no idea. So (laughs) we talk, we talk about, okay, you mentioned the two before Davis. Sam Decker, we just kind of spelled out his career. Uh, you know, he spent a few years here and there in the NBA. Obviously, Devin Harris played a long time. Yeah, Devin Harris is so nice. But both of them, I don't do think once. they're hurting for money, and I don't think either of them would regret their decision. No, I no. don't think so either. And Sam, I don't know who Devin Harris is married to or if he is married, but Sam Decker, Olivia Harlan, I mean, there you go. There you go, Decker. I bet you if he's not in the NBA, he never snags. Oh, no, they would. They've known each other since birth. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, yeah, they know the story then. Yeah, they're both from Sheboygan. Well, there you go. That makes sense then. Yeah. Look at that. There it is. Yeah, Sam Decker did all right for himself in those sporadic playing time in the NBA. He made over nine point two million, or sorry, eight point two million dollars. Sad. Nice if you can get it right there. So, what do you think of this? So, Davis leaves Wisconsin after putting together one of the best seasons in school history. Led the team in points at 19.7, rebounds at 8.2, steals at 1.2, and second in assists, 2.1. That helped him become the fourth Wisconsin player in the modern era to be named the Big Ten Player of the Year. He's also first-team All-American. He's a finalist for the Naismith Player of the Year Award. When, when I read what Zach wrote here, Davis leaves Wisconsin, our sports director Zach Halpern, Davis leaves Wisconsin after putting together one of the best seasons in school history. When I read that, and then you think about the season that was for the Badgers, what do you think about Johnny Davis and his, his sophomore campaign with uh, Wisconsin? Does it feel like it's one of the best seasons in school history to you guys? Yeah. By where expectations were, I would say yes. Yeah. But then you, if when you go and look back at it, it's like, well, I mean, they got bounced in the second round of Iowa State. Yeah, I would say individual seasons, yes. Yeah. Obviously with the numbers, but it's, to me, I think the best season that I've seen that I remember that I was – Super amped about game in and game out. It had to be obviously Frank Kaminsky yeah. senior season. Yeah, and he won National Player of the Year. Yeah, I I that season of Frank Kaminsky was obviously that. I mean, they lived up to the hype. They backed it up, but it was this season was exciting. But the season that was for the second Final Four appearance of the championship run, nothing, that, nothing, nothing will ever will top ever, that. Nothing will ever top it until they win a national title. Like that season was. And obviously, because they went far in March Madness, but that season was incredible. When I think of this season, I think of you know taking down the um, you know the Big Jays with the mustard stains on their shirt. They can't even button their shirt correctly, anyways. Uh, thinking they're going to finish what consensus was tenth in the Big Ten, so blowing the doors off of expectations was nice. But to your point, Rowdy, that season with Frank the Tank, it was much watch. It was must must watch TV yeah. every single week. You looked to make sure you had time carved out for whenever the Badgers played during the week and on the weekend yep. because you didn't want to miss a game because they were so good. It was just you had to you had, you had to, to watch, watch them. It. They were exciting. They had so many players that were good. I mean, we were just talking about Sam Decker. Mm-hmm. Both of those guys were on that team, and that was like two of many appointment viewing. RJ, you and I growing up, and maybe Nelly too, but it's different now with the internet and streaming. Yeah. Appointment watching, uh, I would say growing up, the show Lost, when it came out, I had to watch it. 
the first season of Survivor. I had to watch every episode when it came out. Entourage. Uh, I never had cable. Oh, um, by South the way, Park. Well, when that it came wasn't out. until I got to. Speaking college. of Entourage, <laughs> so you guys were watching the Bucks and Nets game last night. Yeah. Did you not see Johnny, Johnny Drama. Drama in the stands? I miss Johnny Drama. Had had a nice little close up on him. Johnny and Rowdy found a new super fan for the Nets. That was yeah, hilarious. That was hilarious. Uh, I'm trying to think of other appointment viewing. Was it I had the to old watch. guy under the yes, hoop? Yes, yeah, with the mask. It's my new favorite we, super fan. We were sitting fan. there watching that. Go, who the hell is this guy? That guy was awesome. He was awesome. You know who he? Re- you know who he looked like? Wacky, inflatable, wa- arm waving tube man. It, no, he looked like. Uh, he kind of reminded me of like Stan Lee. Yeah, R.I.P. R- 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 to Stan Lee. I'm trying to think of other appointment viewing we had growing up. Um, Boy Meets World. Oh, yeah, TGIF. TGIF, uh, All of it. Boy Meets World. I would say after uh, Full House was appointment viewing Full for me growing House, up. Full House, Family Matters. Power Rangers growing up. Uh, Perfect Strangers when that was still on TGIF. Yep. Oh, man. Ronnie, did you have appointment viewing or by that time was... Yeah, but like, I didn't. I I didn't really because network do it TV t- used to be huge. <laughs> yeah, network TV, but was, I didn't really do it. Network See, TV there was were, huge. There were TV shows that people would still watch the wait and watch them every single week. I think uh, Prison Break when it it wasn't as popular as it did once it hit Netflix. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to think of another one that a lot of people watched. Lost, Survivor Lost was one. Free Survivor. Lost. Uh, what about 24? 24? 24. Yeah. I'm trying to think C- of other network CSI. TV. Eh. But yes, yes, for me personally, no, but yes. I'm just saying, like, TGIF, man. Yeah, it was great. It was like, great. When people actually stayed in on Friday nights. And to watch, to watch the boob to Johnny Davis has declared for the NBA's draft. I wanted to play this clip, and there's a certain thing that he says that I wanted to discuss. Take a listen to Johnny Davis after he declares for the NBA draft. Start off this video, I'd like to thank my family, and especially my twin brother Jordan, who's been there with me throughout the entire way. After that, I'd like to thank all my coaches back home in lacrosse and especially Coach Guard for being able to prepare me for the next level. I'm going to pause right there quick. Thank you to Coach Guard for being able to prepare me for the next level. Think about that. I'm going to play the rest. To my teammates and the rest of the coaching staff, you guys have given me an unforgettable season, uh, a great college experience, and some moments that I will cherish forever. It has meant absolutely everything to be able to play here at the University of Wisconsin, especially growing up in the state of Wisconsin, in the city of La Crosse. And, you know, taking that jersey out for the last time hurt a lot, but I'll just know that no matter what, this will always be home for me. And lastly, to Badger Nation, I want to thank you all for all the support you gave me and my team the whole year. It has always been a dream of mine as long as I can remember to play in the NBA. And with that being said, I'm excited to announce that I will be declaring for the 2022 NBA Draft and cannot wait to be able to represent Wisconsin at the highest level. Go Badgers. What do you think, Rowdy? Very monotone, but what do you think, Rowdy? <laughs> Felt like it was wrote out. <laughs> like it was well, it was written up and it was read off of a teleprompter, but... I mean, you've got to write... if you got a, a video that you know is going viral, going to be up there. Of course, you got to write a little script and go off of it, but yeah. What did you think of that one comment, though? I want to thank Coach Greg Gard for being able to prepare me for the next level. Well, it's it's obviously something that's big for Wisconsin. Huge. It shows that arguably, what, probably a top two to three player that the program has had in the last 20 years mm-hmm. is talking about how the current coach at the University of Wisconsin made him NBA ready in two years. And that's not a thing that's a normal Wisconsin thing. When you think of Wisconsin basketball, I would say the majority of the country thinks of it as slow, white, and four years. Yeah. Methodical, like, you know, kind of a swing offense that's just like 
maybe some people perceive as outdated. But when you have players like Johnny Davis, my God, look what happens. So it's huge for Wisconsin. It's huge for Greg Gard. Because when I heard that, you know, Johnny Davis saying, I want to thank Greg Gard for preparing me for the next level. I'm like, you could use that across the country uh, for recruiting, the transfer portal, which has changed the landscape of college basketball to bring guys in. Why not Wisconsin? Why not a team that's always in the top 25, finishing fourth or better in one of the best conferences in the Big Ten regular season? Why not us of getting recruits to prepare them for the next level? Johnny Davis just happens to be, and you said this right, Rowdy, he's, he's the fastest to the NBA. Yeah, it comes to the other guys. In took them two years. Sam Decker and and Devin Harris, the guys we mentioned earlier in the show, it was three. Yeah, and now you look at um, and Paulie, who just called in a little bit ago, talking. He's a Michigan man. He was talking about. I'm glad he's gone because now I think Wisconsin is going to stink this upcoming year. It is a little thin right now, but again, the transfer portal is going to be huge. And I think I saw our guy J. Eight Krebs saying Jordan Davis, his twin brother, just the late bloomer, going to bring it together. I did, I, I did see a, a funny tweet. Someone had the gif of Rob Schneider where he's like, we suck again. We suck again. <laughs> well, next year when they're winning, they're like, you can do it. No, but uh, B-Rail says, do you think Jordan Davis stays? Johnny Davis's twin brother. Well, I mean, yeah, they're from Wisconsin. They gr- grew up loving the Badgers. Why wouldn't he stay? I mean, well, I know or there, why there was a lot of rumors floating around that the only reason they offered Jordan, uh, Jordan Davis is to try and get Johnny Davis. But Jordan Davis obviously still wanted to come here to play basketball. And we saw him getting some minutes. You know, obviously he's not as good as his brother, but maybe he is that late bloomer, as our listener J.A. Krebs suggested. Um, he's, not a, he's not a bad player. He's just a guy that you didn't see much of because his brother obviously overshadowed him. He came off the bench. And he's obviously a guy that going into next season, you hope that he can continue to grow and become better because he's one of the guys that played a little bit that if they don't take another step, it is going to be a tough year. Yeah. Now, I, I didn't watch. I'll full disclosure. I did not watch NBA Today yesterday. I'm going to go out on a limb and say you didn't either, Rowdy. No. Uh, I did. Wa- the clip I just played, I saw last night, obviously, of Johnny Davis thanking everyone and declaring for the NBA draft. But uh, young Ben Kenny, who will probably come in a little later, he made a good point yesterday. Like He's like, I'm not going to watch it, but it's good for the Badgers because you'll get national eyes on the program. And you'll get people wondering about Wisconsin, be like, whoa, look at this guy, Johnny Davis. He's from Wisconsin, you know, lacrosse product. He do you think, to the do you think the Greg Gard and or the Wisconsin program kind of pushed him towards doing that? As in, hey, just go on and, and talk a little bit. No, Say you're going so. to the NBA and, and mention the program. I don't think so. I don't know. I mean, that, that never crossed my mind to feel like those guys would push him. I feel like... You know, Johnny Davis, he's no stranger to, uh, like, in the limelight. Remember him? I mean, he did the, remember the bye-bye, bye-bye. I mean, he likes his uh, his moments. So if he wants to do it, you know, that's his right. I think it's good for the program overall, for people watching. Um, for us, for example, it's like, okay, I don't need to watch this. I already know what's going to happen. He's going to the NBA. Like, I don't need to waste my time. But overall, good for the program. Yeah, the, the big question now is what happens with Wisconsin next year. And there is some time. Uh, that transfer portal will definitely be put to the test here uh, for Wisconsin. The kid's back. Gamble to the stars. Steve Asler. David. What's up, dude? Um, no, I'm sorry. I had to I had a, I had a cancel last week. I had a little thing I had to take care of. Yeah, how you doing? Are you all right? 
Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, I really, I really was disappointed. I had to have a piece of my lung taken out because I was looking forward to the victory lap of Iowa State over Wisconsin. You son of a you, um. <laughs> Dave. Uh, you're lucky. I like you, and you're lucky that's because I want to take that other half out of your li- or your lung. Then if you were talking, I got, I got two. I got two. You can live with one. <laughs> yeah, everything going good for you though, man. You back uh, kicking some ass? You feeling all right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not playing golf yet, but you know, I'm back to being a wise ass. Well, I don't think that ever stopped. I'm, no, actually, it got exacerbated by the medication. I was going to say, I think, <laughs> I think the doctor probably wanted to slap you around. He got that anesthesia, and you're like, this I guy. Would, I, would actually, I would have actually liked it if the doctor would have slapped me around. She's pretty hot. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, tell me more, Dave. All right, let me off um, here. All right, so, Dave, um, all right, I got to ask. So, obviously, you had surgery. You got some of your, uh, your lung removed, and we were thinking about you and hoping for the best, and obviously, everything seems to be working swimmingly. Did you make any bets before you went under the knife? I did. And when you came to, I actually did very well when I was in the hospital because like at 3 a.m. <laughs> in the hospital, when you're awake, it's like really easy to focus. Sure. I, but yeah, I mean, there's not much distractions, is there? Zero distractions. And I think I came home Sunday. I got my ass kicked Monday. So did you get any good like medic? I assume you did. But did you get any good medicine and medications or anything? Does that make the betting yeah. easier or harder? I think it makes it easier because you just don't care. You don't. You don't. You don't overthink the problem. I love it, dude. Well, I, I listen. We have so many listeners now that uh, swear by Uncle Dave and all his uh, his musings and gambling. So you got a nice little following here, Dave. Uh, despite you know what Rowdy had shared over the air a little bit. Well, you know the, the only problem is like <laughs> obviously I had a piece of my lung taken out because I used to smoke. Yeah, and. I think it was the Wisconsin tobacco, not the North Carolina tobacco. Well, here's the thing, Dave. Uh, we have talked about working in the tobacco fields before. My grandfather had a tobacco field. I have worked in them. Rowdy also has worked in the tobacco fields. So um, I guess maybe in some sense you could have smoked some tobacco that Rowdy and I handled. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, now that you've said that publicly, I'm going to find an analyst chasing lawyer. In, in, in <laughs> Good luck, Dave. Good luck I on know. that one. I know. I'm a- I, it's sealed. My, my fate, my fate is, is etched in stone. Well, I don't know what would hurt worse, uh, getting half your lung removed or Rowdy, who was hanging tobacco and fell off of some beams. How far did you fall, Rowdy? Like two stories. <laughs> Onto a beam on my ribs. Yeah, it was fun. So Tobacco Dave took half your lung, and Rowdy took some of his, uh, I don't know, pride falling down yeah. two stories. Yeah, well... You know, it's tobacco road, you know. I mean, I'm just kind of getting in the groove for the Final Four. Yeah. Well, speaking of the Final Four, Dave, what are you thinking of some bets here? What do we like here? Well, I'm going to have to go. I, I, I've talked to Nelson off air, and he kind of likes – he doesn't He doesn't like Duke. It's not that he likes North Carolina. And I think he might be I think he might be betting with his heart and not with his head because I like Duke. Yeah, Dave, when you start betting with your heart, not your head, that's when it gets a little iffy. Uh, maybe Rowdy, I mean, maybe he puts some anesthesia and I'm sort of making some bets. So you don't, you like Duke in this situation. Tell me more, Dave, if you don't mind. Yeah, I mean, North Carolina's eight seeds for a reason. I mean, before ACC play started, they lost to Purdue, they lost to Tennessee, they lost to Kentucky. And by the way, Kentucky's a team that Duke beat. Mm-hmm. Duke also beat Gonzaga. So, you know, then you fast forward to the ACC season, and you got kind of an apples-to-apples apples comparison. Um, Duke was number one in offensive efficiency. Duke was number one in defensive efficiency. I, you know, I think people are making too much of North Carolina winning that last game at Duke. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think enough is being made of Duke being the better team. 
I mean, you know, when it started, I didn't put a whole lot of weight into Duke playing balls out for Coach K, but I certainly do now. Dave, I have a question for you. It's really simple, yes or no answer. Did Justice Winslow touch it against Wisconsin? Uh, Just say yes, Dave. Okay, yes, he did. I mean, you know, because it's absolutely irrelevant to this bet. I like, I like how he, he's like, oh, I, he's got to search his brain for who Justice Winslow is. I got to think of the politically correct answer. Dave, our show's called Over the Line. I think you're okay. So the, the next bet, how about this day for the Final Four, if you have any um, you know, any skin in the game? Villanova, Kansas, I see uh, the Jayhawks favored by four and a half. You like it, don't like it? What are you thinking of this other matchup? I kind of like Villanova. I mean, you know, yeah, I know they don't have Justin Moore, but, you know, so does everyone. Uh, but, you know, ask yourself why this line is sort of stuck on four and a half with, like, everybody knows he's out at 80% or so, and the tickets are on Kansas. Um, you know, you would think that line would be higher. And I think one of the reasons I like it, well, the big reason I like it is um, it's a five-day turnaround, not a two-day turnaround. I mean, I think if Villanova had to play, you know, a Sunday, a Friday-Sunday type thing without Justin Moore, I'm not sure they could, you know, find a new offense, if you will. And I also think now, you know, we don't know what they're going to do. Are they going to move Caleb Daniels to shooting guard from shooting forward? Um, I don't know, but neither is Kansas, so... You know, how, how, that makes maybe Kansas a little bit, um, how do they prepare for it? So I kind of like Villanova, and I actually do like them in the first half. Maybe maybe Kansas figures out. Uh, yeah, they've been, Kansas has been figuring out a lot in the second half in this tournament. Yeah, I mean, and, and full disclosure, that's a little hedge for me because on my bracket I have Duke and Kansas in the final game. Now, uh, Remy Martin, Dave, is on Kansas. I was thinking yeah. about this. Wisconsin potentially could have met up with Kansas. I don't know if you know of the, the prolific drinking of Wisconsin when it comes to Corbell Brandy, but if Wisconsin had a guy named Corbell Brandy, I bet you they would have, if they got past Ohio, uh, Iowa State, they could have beat Remy Martin in Kansas. You see what I did? Yeah, that, I mean, that would have definitely been an under-the-radar ang- under angle that not a lot of people would be talking about. <laughs> oh, someone just got to step up to the plate and have a kid and name him Corbell Brand. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I like Kansas. I think I picked them to win the whole thing, but that doesn't mean they don't they cover the spread. I mean, they've also had an easier path. I mean, they have the definitely had some good fortune out of play you know, Providence and Miami and not Auburn or the Badgers. Yeah. So, that's, that's one you know, that I agreed with you on, and I think uh, Jay Wright – and his greatness is being undersold, especially when you talk about Kansas, they did not look good in that first half against Miami. And, and you kind of mentioned that they're a second half team. Yeah. Well, you know, the other thing that it's really hard for me to bet against, especially getting a few points is a team that shoots like, I think are 83% from the line. I think that is like number one of the country. Um, you know, it's, it's always hard. And of course, then again, that is actually, you know, it, you have to get to the line. So a lot of that's predicated on who and how the game is officiated, which, um, you know, we just don't know. But it's I would rather have the 83% shooting team on my side. Yeah. Uh, Dave, anything uh, anything else you're betting on, man? You uh, Rowdy's got a little bet. Did you tell Dave what you're betting on today at 3 o'clock? Starting at 3 yeah, o'clock? I mentioned we had the Pistons tonight and then uh, 5 o'clock tip. It's Fresno oh, State. Fresno State. The basketball classic. Nothing but the best. Would you bet on that, Dave? Probably not because I actually thought Coastal Carolina would keep that close to the last game. Um, so, you know, gun to my head, I would have to take the desperate team now that they know how to get around that big guy yeah. for Fresno. So I would have to 
disagreement, Rowdy, a little bit there. Oh, oh, we maybe have a little another hundred dollar bet on the line. Hey, Dave, uh, let me ask you this: We had some uh, some of our listeners wondering, what does Dave think of the Masters? Do you have anyone that you're sniffing out for the Masters? And if- yeah, you know, I know I've started looking at that, and and uh, I just don't know yet. Big Tiger um, guy, Tiger Woods. Oh Christ! Don't even go there. <laughs> I mean, you see all the bets that's attracting and whether he's going to play or not. I yeah. mean, you know, the, the the dude's like between 40 and 70 to one. I mean, sounds like I mean, a value bet, Dave. It sounds like it's way yeah. too high. He's had two. That's, that's incredibly good odds for a guy that's not even thinking about playing. Well, yeah, he should be like 150 to one. I mean, there's a guy that's going to do a few uh, practice rounds to see if he can walk 18 holes. Well, in order to win, he has to do that four times. Dave, so, more likely to start golfing next Thursday. Dave Esler, who just got half of his lung removed, or Tiger Woods coming off that car crash? Um, are we talking distance or accuracy? Doesn't matter. Just out on the, out golfing. I guess Tiger was already was golfing. I'd have to. I'd have to take Tiger. Yeah, there. See, see I, I knew I, I, I could get it out of you. Hey, you, 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 you're, you're, like John, you're like John Daly, though. You get a cart. Ooh, I do. I do like John Daly. I think he's funny. John Daly's the man. He he's sp- Dave. One time, all right. So here in uh, well, he, well, he smokes cigarettes too. So I mean, he's okay in my book. He's got both lungs though, right? Well, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. His, he's, he's, got, he's got he's got a lot of really good women that follow him around. Well, I mean, he goes to Hooters parking lots and sells T-shirts in his RV. So yeah, he's got good women following around, Dave. Hey, I mean, you know, but he's a real guy. He doesn't try to hide who he is. No, I, I love it about him. One time, Dave. So um, here. In Madison, Wisconsin, we have University Ridge, and they have the American Family Championship, and John Daly uh, was here to play, and we had an interview all scheduled uh, with him, and he was supposed to sit down with us on the show, Uh, we were supposed to pick his brain, have a good time, because I love John Daly too. The dude comes by, spurns us, doesn't even give us the times of day, he's wearing St. Louis Cardinals pants, you know, obviously we're Brewers fans here, and then he went on to call the course uh, no better than a late, what did he call it, like the lady... Like it, like the ladies LPGA shouldn't have been playing here, and then he just like disparaged our good name. And I still love the guy. That's how much I love John Daly. Um, you're a better man than I am, Ebo. <laughs> well, I mean, in his defense, that, uh, that quote-unquote LPGA <laughs> well, course did, just did go life. well for him. He that came, weekend. Dave. He came crawling back like two other times, three other times after that. I would have held wow. it against him the rest of his life. <laughs> hey, Dave. I'm I'm just like that. That's fine. That's kind of how I am. So, Dave, uh, I got a little Pink Floyd playing for you, uh, comfortably numb in honor of maybe the good medication you got after getting that lung removed. Uh, how are you feeling? Are you on the mend? Are we all good? Like, what's, yeah, what's actually, on the doctor? I'm actually, I'm actually feeling, like, a thousand percent better than I have a right to, so. Yeah, because you're yeah. talking to us. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I could have talked to you last week. But, uh, <laughs> I, w- I want to get you all looped up on anesthesia and have you call in. That sounds fun. Well, isn't that that new drug, like that special K or whatever, ketamine or yeah, whatever ketamine, it is? Yeah, There's actually an office around here where you can get, like, ketamine therapy. I don't know if you've heard of that, but... Well, I, I, my, my, my ears are perked up. What do you got? Well, it's not what I got. It's what the doctor got. So I don't know. Well, I know, but you know, how hard is this? I'll uh, try anything once. Dave, you're speaking my language. All right, here's... Here, you know I'm always trying to get you up to Wisconsin. How about this? You fly up here, once you're good yep. with the lung, and you and I will both do this... Academy treatment together, okay? At a Badger's tailgate. At... <laughs> I think it's counterproductive, but yes, we'll try it. Well, that's a chance. We have to have some risk involved. Nice. Dave, you keep talking my language. God, I knew I loved you. Dave, we're so glad you're back. We missed you. Thanks for the advice, and uh, good luck with the lung. We'll know you'll be back to kicking ass on the link soon with Tiger, okay? 
Next week, brother. See you, Dave. Have a good one. All right, you guys too. See you, buddy. All right, Rowdy. So um, the Milwaukee Brewers, they had um, – it was not on the Brewers radio network yesterday. It was, I think, their last spring training game that was on uh, – they'll do a handful of games that are either on uh, a webcast or, like, national ESPN radio, and yesterday was one of them. So if you were looking for them on the radio dial, that just was a scheduling thing with the Brewers and whoever, you know, carries them. But – Oh, my God, Rowdy. Uh, I know they didn't win yesterday, but in spring training, you don't get too high. You don't do too low. But I think I'm going to get high on this right here. Take a listen. Hira, straight away center field. Hammered deep and gone. Over the batter's eye for Keston Hira. He just keeps on crushing. Well, put him on ice. That's right, baby. That's the home run of the day brought to you by Unity Point Health. Meritor, a partner of UW Health, keeping you in the game. Keston Hira Rowdy, hot on it in spring training. And if he can continue this, he is going to be nice a nice addition compared to last year for the Milwaukee Brewers in the regular season. Yeah, so far in spring, you look and see what Kesson here has been doing. 22 at-bats, he's batting 409, hit four home runs and 10 RBIs. I believe he's leading the club in, uh, well, at least home runs and RBIs. Now, granted, yes, yes, averages yes. can vary due to number of at-bats. But yes, he's definitely been one of the better performers for the Milwaukee Brewers this spring. And I think he, uh, with the expanded rosters going to 28, for uh, the month of April for now. I think Keston here is playing his way onto this team. I think he is too, Rowdy. And what would be, um, and they've had Keston here, what, in the outfield a couple times? Um, they've been bouncing around a little bit, right? Yeah, second base, first base, and corner outfield spots as well as DH. So, Kess Daddy, if this man can continue to hit. Now, his rise into the majors uh, was it was pretty phenomenal. I mean, he he was one of the reasons. Why, didn't Keston carry the team a couple of years ago? Uh, on his 2019, like there were some stretches. And then, obviously, last year, you, you, it was a tough goal for Keston here. I think a lot of it, and rightfully so, had to do with some family stuff. His mom was battling cancer, and thankfully she is now uh, clear of cancer, which is awesome to hear. I think that had a lot to do with Keston here. Uh, you know, baseball is a huge mental game. All, all sports are mental. Well, Keston here is... Uh, basically his background was came up as an outfielder, had an elbow injury in college, was moved to second base in DH due to the injury. Then gets, well, he was seen as the most pro ready bat coming out of that year's draft fell in the draft to the Milwaukee Brewers due to not really having a position. And then we already knew at that time, half of the teams did not have a DH. Yep. Brewers took a chance on him saying, hey, we'll figure it out. We'll find a spot for him in the field. We love his bat. He can hit in the pros right now. And he rose through the the minor leagues. I mean, in, in one year, he absolutely lit it up. And then not even halfway through his second year in the in the minor leagues, he was called up to the majors, came up absolutely crushed. Shaw came back and was quote-unquote healthy, continued to struggle, and they ended up uh, bringing Keston Hira back, which... A lot of us were questioning why they ever sent him down with how hot he was. But in 2019, he brought it all, right? Offensively, now we're speaking. He hit for average. He hit for power. Uh, He was a great bat for the Brewers. Then you look at 2020. They go into that season, shortened season, weird COVID year. They had the summer camp. They didn't really. The summer camp was literally like two weeks at Miller Park. It wasn't anything. It wasn't even close to this type of spring training. It wasn't anything. And you're expecting huge things from Keston Hira and Christian Yelich. Huge. 
And if you remember correctly, Christian Yelich was hitting third. Chris uh, and uh, Keston here was hitting fourth in a lot of those lineups. And here, uh, well, Yelich really struggled because the thinking was, hey, Christian Yelich is coming off of an MVP season in 18, should have been MVP in 19, but he broke his kneecap at the end of the season and we they ended up giving yet. it. Yeah, they didn't give it to him. But you have Hira protect Christian Yelich at number four. Christian Yelich is going to get pitched to. That'll be better. If they don't want to pitch to uh, Christian Yelich, they'll have to go through Keston Hira, who was on fire. Well, if you go back and look, Christian Yelich sucked in 2020. Yeah, it's terrible. And if you really do look at Keston Hira's numbers in 2020, they weren't awful. He was extremely productive when it came to home runs and RBIs. But the big thing was they finally found the hole in his swing where it was up and in and he could not, he could not catch up to that baseball. He could not hit up and in, or once you were pitching him up and in, then where is the most likely place you would throw it after that low and away. Mm -hmm. And he was chasing a ton, but the production, the production numbers were there. He just didn't hit for a high average. Then you go to 2021, where he's continuing to mess with the swing because he's trying to fix the hole in it. His mom has cancer. Is he going to make the team? Is he not? He's now learning first base and he was just awful. Yeah. But that was just a, a really big combination of a lot of things going on in his life. Mm -hmm. Now mom is mom is cancer free. He went back to his longtime hitting coach, figured some things out, cut down on the uh, lifting of the leg and he's ready it to go, looks baby. like he's figuring it out. Now, again, don't get too high. Don't get too low in spring. But there are some guys that are like fringe roster guys or that are coming off of disappointing seasons that you want to see rebound. This this is only a good thing for Keston Hira. I don't know, Rowdy. I'm trying to I'm trying not to get high. Uh, but the quote, uh, I think he, I told you there is the majority of players don't get too high. Don't get too low. But there are some that you can get excited about. And I think this is one of the guys that you can actually get excited about because at the very least, if he comes in, I'm getting excited, Rowdy, three and a half weeks in spring training and absolutely rips the cover off the ball. He's probably going to make the team play a little bit and keep that uh, hot streak at least for a couple of weeks into the season. You'll see where it goes. Hey, the stakes are high, Rowdy, and so am I on Keston Hira. But did you also see that uh, Eric Lauer got shelled? It just goes... <laughs> Every, every, pitchers. every single Brewer starter now has just been lit up at least once in spring. But if you want to look at something that um, probably a little bit more relieving after Boxberger's gotten absolutely hammered the first couple times, he worked a scoreless inning.